Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Okay, good morning, everyone. We are live from New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this very soggy Tuesday morning here in New York at this hour. A Forbes magazine recent article asks, who is buying the big-ticket New York City homes these days? In San Francisco, it's the Silicon Valley people. In Los Angeles, it has mostly always been show business and music people that have continued to fuel the mansion market. The identity of the New York ultra-luxury uh, buyer has tended to be more elusive, though. Uh, during the 1980s, it was uh, traders, investment bankers, and leveraged buyout specialists. During the run-up to the recession of 2008 and 2009, it was venture capitalists and once again the traders, many of whom were hawking mortgage-backed securities. And after the recession, the hedge fund guys uh, are back and they tend to be an old uh, school boys club. The panel's going to weigh in on all this in a few minutes. Also at this hour, New York State passed an increase to the so-called mansion tax on all homes above $1 million earlier this year. Instead of a simple 1% levy, the new tax will be more progressive, rising up to 3.9% on homes that will sell for $25 million or more. What do sellers need to do uh, in considering pricing as they go to market? We'll talk about that. We'll find out all the uh, inside scoop. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I'm Vince Rocco, and this is Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, Brown Harris Stevens isn't going anywhere. That's what a late May missive from CEO Bess Friedman and President Hall Wilkie told 1,000 or so agents in mid-chatter that parent company Terra Holdings could sell the 146-year-old uh, firm to Compass. Brown-Harris uh, is one of the few remaining independent brokerage firms in New York City following Compass's acquisition of Stribling & Associates recently. Uh, they've attempted to dispel the buzz by blasting the rumors as sparked by a rival seeking to sow uncertainty. While Friedman and Wilkie stopped short of naming Compass, the duo said the scutterbutt was being purposely spread by a competitor to further support their unethical recruitment tactics. That issue is being addressed legally, according to an email obtained by The Real Deal. Sources said that in recent weeks, Compass has stepped up its efforts to recruit Brown-Harris-Stevens agents and others by urging them to join its ranks before BHS is acquired. Friedman told The Real Deal she wanted to address the matter head-on to reiterate that the firm is not for sale, again, not for sale, Compass said in a statement that it values its relationship with other firms. And history was made last week in Albany. Giant news for tenants, not such great news for landlords or the industry. The Senate and Assembly have reached a landmark agreement to overhaul our affordable housing laws, the biggest reforms to these laws in a generation. And Governor Andrew Cuomo said he is going to sign the bill. Actually, since I wrote this, he did sign the bill. The legislation extends our rent regulation laws, significantly strengthens them, and makes them permanent. Perhaps, most significantly, this legislation will finally close the loopholes that currently allow many apartments to be removed from rent stabilization with tenants, when tenants rather, move out. These provisions have led to the deregulation of approximately 300,000 apartments since 1994 and contributed to the harassment of tenants across New York City. This is what legislators have been fighting for uh, for many years. We are a city of renters, and these rent laws will help protect two and a half million New Yorkers. Housing is the issue of our time, and this historic agreement will help us tackle the affordability crisis that is threatening everything we love about New York. 
This agreement shows the power of grassroots advocacy, and although they achieved a major victory, the work is far from over and will not cease until all renters in the city are protected. The priciest residential closing recorded last week was for a condo unit at 135 East 79th Street on the Upper East Side. That closed at $10.1 million. The most expensive commercial closing of the week was a pair of garment district buildings where we are this morning at 142 West 36th Street and 234 West 39th Street for $138 million. The priciest residential listing of the week was for a unit at 15 Central Park West at $17.5 million. Engel and Volkers has that listing. So, interesting news this morning, rent regulations. We're going to talk more about that next week, but it's been uh, quite a dicey topic, uh, very um, heated topic, uh, both sides of the fence on that one. So we're going to hold off a little bit and talk about that next week. But the governor did sign that into uh, law, and now we're going to go and see what that all means. With me this morning, we have Sean McPeak from Halstead, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman, Anna Shagalaw from Halstead, Matthew Cohen, as we announced a couple of weeks ago, now at Halstead, and we have a special visitor this morning, Ray Lord from Douglas Elliman, our yes. East End guru, stopped in this morning and surprised us to say hello, welcome, and good morning. So, you know, before we get started, I just want to get, get, I mean, give us an update on, I know you're doing some uh, renovations upstate, uh, you, you know, did do lots of stuff out in the Hamptons. Where are you these days and what are you doing? <laughs> I'm still kind of remote. Um, yeah, I'm upstate right now, near, partly near Ithaca, partly in Binghamton. Mm -hmm. uh, still do stuff out east in East Hampton and come down here when I can. So, so you're visiting for a couple of days? I fly out tonight, actually. I go to Greece. Raymond has not ended his uh, what is it a remote year as they call it yeah I mean it went into like 15 months but it's <laughs> it's my 30th birthday on the 21st oh, oh yeah I don't even remember those days anyway, <laughs> it's like everybody's celebrating 30 what? years what? it's like huh what what goes on well I'm so glad you came to see us it's and enough. welcome. And by everybody, you mean just Ray and I. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Just want to designate that. You're not even 30 yet. <laughs> coming up. <laughs> but yeah. we'll, we'll hear about that one coming up eventually. You've got a long time before you're 30. Anyway, uh, according to Brick Underground, they say buyers who are sitting out the sales market and renting until they feel more comfortable about shelling out for New York City apartment are continuing to screw things up for renters. New York City rents are continuing to tick up. Concessions and inventory are down. And available, apartment, available apartments are spending fewer days on the market compared to last year. All this according to Douglas Elliman's May 2019 rental report uh, for Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn. Uh, so, you know, I say why. What's changed since last year? It's this, I think. Buyers still feel uncertainty uh, and coming to terms with the new federal tax laws. Uh, they're choosing to rent or renew their leases instead of going out and buy uh, for now. So my question to all of you is, are you, you know, are you seeing a lot of this in your books of business? I mean, are you seeing clients not making moves to purchase and just kind of sticking it out on the rental side? I mean, what's happening out there? I mean, the ones that are making moves are going low ball. <laughs> yeah. So well, then, low balls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, that too. But how many people, I mean, I've had several people just say to me, I've had a lot of people recently, I'm just going to stay renting yeah, period. I was, I was looking I for, <clears throat> I spent about a month with a lady this spring looking for she she's a recent divorcee seven and a half million dollar yeah. cash budget uh for like a three bedroom in the village and uh she just decided to keep renting instead 
I mean, I'm out. That was, I disagree with that decision. That's the time. She wouldn't do a, point, she so need yeah, outdoor space. Yeah. I want to do a duplex. It's a very difficult search. Also, I'm, um, I'm seeing both. I don't know if anyone else seeing that. I have something that. for 7 million that, oh, it's not a duplex. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I have outdoor so space. She, she doesn't want to Doesn't want to duplex yeah, with deal. outdoor space. I have one. Tribeca. Mm-hmm. 56 We're going to talk about Tribeca so, later on. I'm interested in that too. So, but, but, so go ahead. But no, I mean, I, I'm, I have Just both. I have clients down. who are, to Anna's point, lowballing, but then they become a little more realistic, but they still think they're getting deal or know they're getting deals um, and are taking advantage of rates. But then I'm starting to have clients over the last month, I don't know how everyone else feels, um, who are starting to use the, the E word, the election word. Already? That's no, sorry. I haven't heard that yet. So it's no, happening a lot lately for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't you know Pete? I'm like, but but no, that's that's starting to happen. So well, whether it's Mayor Pete or anybody, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I haven't heard that yet, but I think people are starting to think that. I mean, listen, the run up to the midterm elections last year, I think, was pretty significant. It was a very slow period, and all of a sudden, almost immediately after the midterm elections, things kicked in. I'd say from November through the end of January, it was crazy, nutty, busy, and several apartments that I couldn't sell for a very long period of time all of a sudden were in contract, yeah. I mean, and not that far off price. So I've, I mean, I've, you know, I've been, I've had, I've had three offers in the past ten days on listings, and uh, there are apartments that have been Get on the it. market for three <laughs> or four months, and all of them were buyers who had seen it at least 30 days before yeah. putting in offers. 100%. Yeah. Did you have any Things price drops with any of those? Sometimes people um, are waiting to make a move to they see a price yeah, drop. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. yeah. Major, it major. wasn't just a price drop. It was just they just have to get through all the inventory. And that's where I'm finding with my buyers, we'll get through all the inventory and they're either going to negotiate with their landlord to renew their lease or they're going to jump on something and lowball. Mm-hmm. Well, what Sean just said, it's exactly what you're saying. The old saw that time kills all deals is really not so accurate no. anymore. No. I mean, it's I've true. had deals that have gone on negotiating for months that end up working mm-hmm. out. And, and that's another, yeah. and that's another thing, Tracy, is that these deals are taking forever. Forever. Yeah. Lawyers, management companies, brokers, buyers, everyone's taking their sweet time to put a deal together. Sellers aren't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a building. No, no, I mean, well, well, let me ask you something. As as, list, as yeah. listing agents, I have three apartments that uh, I'm getting ready to put on the market at the building that I'm selling on the east side, three more in addition to what I already have over there. And I have to tell you something. I'm sitting here thinking... I don't know if I want to do that. Maybe wait if it's something that's similar enough to I things mean, that are already I, yes, I don't you know. want to do I that because it's, a, it's still the, it's just the rhythm of the market. So but yes, as, you want but to as Anna just said a minute ago, you yeah, know, but, the sellers aren't, you know, the seller says, put it on, you know, let's sell it. And I'm I thinking, mean, that's a matter of educating them. And I know, I know obviously you're going to be doing that, but in having those conversations about expectations and managing them. I mean, it, it's everything right now. I think, it's a, I think yeah. it's a tough decision, though. I'm having a lot of conversations with sellers that are extremely honest and just saying, yes. you know, in the past when I knew exactly the education that I was going to be teaching you, it's not that simple anymore. I say to them, I'm like, we can go on the market now because I do think that where the market is, I'd rather go on now than waiting a month yeah. um, or waiting until oh, the typical definitely. Labor Day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, if you wait till Labor Day, who really knows what that market looks like? Who knows if people are using the E word more? Who knows, you know, where interest rates are going to be at the new year? Like, I just like the E word. Yeah, I think it sounds like, really. The E word <laughs> sounds like something electronic. I, I wish I could like, push a button and get rid of the one who's already here. Exactly. Push the button. Bye bye. You touch on a very good point that um, our friend Weezy said last mm. year that she did not notice a single difference. They put things on the market in August. They didn't see, her team did not see the typical summer slowdown for sales. I don't know if you guys are seeing that. I do feel it is kind of a more 12-month market, but I yeah. still, Vince, maybe just in your specific situation, 
if there are apartments that are similar enough to what's on the market now, maybe hold off till September yeah. but have them in your back pocket off market. Oh, but I can, you don't like yeah, this. I can show you this abs- one. That's, I think exa- you, that's exactly what my strategy is, but we have to take a break. Like one mind. We have to take a break, <laughs> but first, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about who actually is buying these big ticket item homes. So don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back with Sean McPeak, Tracy Hammersley, Jordan Shea, Anna Shagaloff, Matthew Cohen, and our special guest today visiting us, Ray Lord from Douglas Elliman. All right, so Forbes magazine's recent article asks, who is buying the big-ticket homes in New York City anyway these days? In San Francisco, it's the Silicon Valley people. In Los Angeles, it has mostly always been the show business people and the music industry. They've continued to fuel that mansion market, a market in which the discerning observer can recapture, uh, recapitulate rather, the world history of architecture within the space of two blocks. But the identity of New York uh, buyers, the ultra-luxury buyers, has tended to be a more elusive target. During the 80s, it was traders, investment bankers, and leveraged buyout specialists. During the run-up to, re- to the recession of 2008 and 2009, it was venture capitalists, and once again, the traders, many of whom were hawking mortgage-backed securities. 
and after the recession, the hedge fund guys uh, as Silicon Valley, um, they're known as, uh, they tend to put together their own little boys club and they're back sort of buying apartments. But who's actually buying in New York now? And is that population of prospective purchasers large enough to make a dent in the ballooning inventory which Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Long Island City now holds. So, you know, we all hear the market is slow, the market has slowed down. We all hear the inventory is very big, it's robust, and seems to be getting bigger because most people aren't buying yet. When you look at the ultra-luxury marketplace, lots of people seem to still be buying. Who the hell are these people, I want to know? Well, there are a lot of these cash buyers who are absolutely still on the race against the clock to be able to close before July 1. So that is absolutely accounted for some that's kind of uptick. The, that's correct. That's and due this to the is local tax. as well as international. I have some buyers from Dubai that have been very hot and heavy for something just under $7 million that we're hopefully going to make that happen. All right. But here's my thought on that. Okay. That's very true. But, you know, people who can afford six, seven, eight million plus $25 million apartments, they're not really, they shouldn't be worried they about a mansion tax. They are concerned about the mansion tax. It's, remember, we always talk about it as principle. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And okay. So we're talking at this price point um, from 65000 to 148,000. So it's like an $83,000 difference. I mean, that's not It's like a Tesla. It's I mean, big. come on. <laughs> right? Duh. And then I'm sure they'd rather buy a Tesla and put that in their garage. Than, than, than pay I mean, do you think Jeff Bezos wasn't thinking about that? 100% he was thinking about we that. We talked about this last Completely. week. And we're I'm sorry. Still I missed really that show. We're still waiting to see <laughs> that <laughs> helipad. We, on we should have John Berger right? on the show to talk about it. No <laughs> kidding. Or our, Nikki, our own Nikki Field was yeah. the listing agent. So that was a nice thing. But she was. Of course she was. But listen, but, but seriously, who is buy who are these buyers out there? And how many do we I don't touch and feel them every day, so quite frankly, I mean I would love to, but I don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> no, we just yeah, crossed into different territory. That would be that'd be a weird show. What kind of show is this, Vince? <laughs> that is not a good thing to say. I don't even <laughs> Listen. I don't if look at these them walls every can day. talk during commercial break. I can see Vince like following the buyer and touching their shoulder and being like, I wanted to make sure it was cashmere and not velvet. Like, like Joe Biden, I'm not. That's a show. Right. <laughs> That's really a creepy video montage. Come that to happens. me, honey. Come <laughs> to me. Listen. But back but, to the buyers. Yes. <laughs> but back to the buyer. But seriously, though, I mean, who? I mean, where are these buyers coming from? We all know from from talking about this on the show for for months and months and months that the foreign investors, the foreign buyers, you mentioned Dubai, you know, they've they've sort of dried up. So, I mean, where are they coming from? I wish from? I could say that there was one. Sorry, Matt. I wish I could say that there was like that I'm experiencing one type of I mean, my buyers are coming from every yes, angle. Yeah, exactly. It's such a mishmash. It's just it's so I mean, obviously, this is a very personal business, but it's really just, you know, people's personal. Um, uh, yeah. Um, personal. um Needs and situations. In yes, thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Matt and you. Tracy, for finishing my sentence. <laughs> We're here for you, Anna. Well, on a regular basis. But yeah, I mean, this is absolutely not just the high price points. I mean, I've got people, I've got a very robust business under a million dollars because this is still the entry point for people in New York. So it's people still buying for the first time or trading up from a studio. I'm seeing a very well educated buyer, especially in the high end. Like, we're seeing people that have just done their homework and are combing through everything yes, in the market. Yes, everyone has mm-hmm. done their homework oh, ad yeah. nauseum. That's the type of Too I, much yeah. homework. But I think for years, yeah. for years, we were sort of uh, propping up the market in the media by saying that we had so much of an influx of a foreign buyer. Like right. We were always saying that there were Brazilians, Russians, the Chinese, everybody was out here. And I think that was by and large, like sales were slow. 
but we were just telling everyone that this market is so robust with the internationals. I think the market actually hasn't changed too, too much with the actual international activity. Well, I wanted to ask you because you you do a lot of uh, uh, new development stuff, as I do. Mm -hmm. So are you seeing a lot of international buyers come through new development? I mean, I I have seen sort of a, a slowdown there. Well, our product has never really been that which an international buyer has appeal with, to right, be frank. Right. Like all of our stuff has been downtown. It's not glossy. It's not tall. And it's not incredibly amenitized. Your stuff is glossy. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking like, about? He put all his stuff. Okay. At the, the 5,500 square foot duplex. You're, you're pretty glossy. Hello. No, I, I, I think that's falling over. 10% of the buyers are foreign and they – the 10% yeah. foreign buyer usually sets the market, kind of like what Jordan's saying. Like, Those are guys that make headlines. Those are people whose names get leaked, especially when you're looking at like 432 Park, for instance. Right. Every single buyer in there has been leaked pretty much. So they, you're, you're seeing these headlines, and it's the coolest product out there. But that's not the bulk of who we deal with every day. I see a lot of domestic, no. and I'm seeing a pretty decent amount of Canadians. I think, what, I think what Jordan said is good, though. You know, in the last three to four years, you saw a lot of those international buyers. And I don't think that they've disappeared, um, but I do think what you're seeing is an increase in in what Sean was saying, in domestic buyers. I think you're seeing a lot of yeah. financial people, legal people, especially tech people in the U.S. who have been making more money over the last two years than they ever have. So I think that that is an interesting factor the, into the market. You're right. And, and the pool of international buyers that has declined a bit, but and those that are in the marketplace are having problems taking money out of their country. So so it's it's not happening. I just did two deals, uh, one of them with uh, Chinese, and it took a long time, months. It was a cash deal, and we had to wait a couple of months for them to get the money out of the market. Ray Lord um, from Douglas Elliman, East End, I want to ask you, so has has the market change or the market slowdown really affected the Hamptons market at all? Or, I mean, it's, oh, it's considered a secondary market to begin with, so – you know, people will spend, you know, what I call slush fund money to buy beautiful homes out there. Is that slow a little bit now or is it kind of picking up? It's extremely slow. So it's one thing we're watching very closely because like I, we've talked about before is the, the spillover from New York City is the Hamptons. And people, right. like you said, it's slush fund money. It's also why sometimes banks are hesitant to give mortgages because the first mortgage to not pay is the second home. So we've been watching it. It's been extremely slow. People are waiting for... Um, God knows what they're waiting for, honestly. But <laughs> the taxes have been a well, big issue. Not that they are out east, actually. So here's a plug. The Hamptons has the lowest taxes in Long Island. But because of the true. added New York City, especially if you're coming from like Long Island, I have a client who has a house in Garden City that pays $57,000. Garden City is out of control. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's killer. So right. when people add that on, they'd rather go to Florida. Like right now, everyone is going I'm to seeing it. Yeah, we, a lot of people go to Florida. Florida. Yeah. We've been Florida talking about that regularly. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a migration to Florida. Yeah. I forgot who was on the show a couple of weeks ago and they sort of kind of poo-pooed that. And I said, wait a minute, you know, it's really happening. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really happening. Yeah. Our Miami girl over there can tell you that. Absolutely. Last January in 2018. <laughs> Hello. You want to make out with the mic? <laughs> <laughs> you, baby. Um, January 2018, we saw a little spike when there was the first announcement about the tax reform. And now everyone settled down. <laughs> we just you have love Tracy and you Ray. Have to be visual to the listeners. I almost like, didn't bring my composure, but you were too. We're <laughs> sharing a mic over here, and it's kind of funny to watch you the have two to of give, them. You have to oh, give the listeners the a, a visual <laughs> of what's happening. Two beautiful people <laughs> trying to share a microphone, and they're like, Tracy, Tracy is literally <laughs> on Ray's shoulder. Florida get to the mic. One thing I will say with international buyers is we're seeing the dollar <laughs> is very strong. So you have to account for that because 
even when yeah. you go to Europe, yes. like the, it's less well, the, Euro, the Euro just Very dropped difficult. today, just dropped today in an announcement um, over there. So that's good. That's another. Well, he's leaving tonight. That's another interesting uh, situation. The Euro dropping. All right. But that, Vince, I'm sorry. Just Florida really is a great deal, a great bargain. South Florida in particular, especially the West Coast of Florida. <laughs> Tracy Hammersley at element.com. <laughs> I deserve that after all that heckling. Slash Thank Miami. You. <laughs> Slash Miami. Miami. Yeah. Exactly. All right, listen. So according to Halstead's Open House Index report, our own Which Fritz Friggen, the numbers from last weekend were disappointing. Stop having Halstead FOMO, Tracy. We, we get it. So, no, no, wait a minute. So we're talking about who's buying all these apartments now, right? And we mentioned earlier about mm -hmm. open houses. So the average, last week's numbers were disappointing. The average number was 2.27 people per open house. Father's Day. And the report indicates that the numbers have been sliding dramatically. It almost feels like the July-August dread is here. 67 open houses around the city had zero attendance. Mm -hmm. That's 21% of all open houses. So he is sort of saying that things don't look like they're getting any better in the short term. They look like they're on a slide to get worse. The weekend before okay, it was I just would, as bad. It was yeah, also the weekend a before it was worse, actually. Right, yeah. like, yeah. I'd like to raise my hand. I mean, the so <laughs> you had, you have to, it's not fair to talk about open houses without talking about factors that play into them that happen in the city. I well, mean, that's my so question. you have, that's like, you question. had Memorial Day, then what Ray said, you had a beautiful weekend after that, which it was raining for yeah, weeks on end. So of course, when it's beautiful, everyone wants to actually do something. Then you had the Puerto Rican Day Parade, which I don't know about everyone else, okay. ruined my no, day. Yeah. So, no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> That is no, the no, worst no. day in New York City. It, it, ruined, it, it always ruined, falls on my birthday. Like, it ruined my and day as well. Did you see the Seinfeld when Elaine is on her hands and knees? Under, I so relate with that. Like, the <laughs> worst day in New York City. I tried going cross street and like, traveled you 20 can't. blocks by by foot don't just to talk about all different cops who didn't know how to cross the street. I'm like, I don't understand. If I'm having trouble with this, none of the buyers are yeah, going to true. open it's, it's like the marathons. But the marathon people actually watch. Uh, no, I, I had major via issues. I literally ran <laughs> oh, out of the via car screaming. Because <laughs> screaming at a, at, a very, at a very distinguished man sitting in the back seat who was listening to me carry on for like 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> followed me. Not a new client. <laughs> <laughs> he followed well, wait, me followed out, of, out. He followed me out of the car and said to the driver, "If he's getting out, Mister, I'm getting out too." <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the day that the 92nd Y has the founder of Via to ever like a talk back, and Vince and I will go, and they're going to be like, "Does anyone have any questions?" And Vince raises both of his hands. I literally got out on 59th Street in Central Park South, and I had to walk all the way to my building on the east side, and I thought, you know what? Let me just get out of this car because I can't deal with it anymore. Right. And the, the, the amount of But we of people, love Via, who's going to be a sponsor soon. <laughs> <laughs> they have terrible GPS. Don't they know? Don't that even get Vince started with Uber blocked? Pool. <laughs> well, so, all right, I'm going to say that it that was Uber Pool. He's talking about Uber Pool. It is Uber Pool. No, it's not. No, it's Via Pool. It's Back Via to pool. Matt's excellent point. It is known historically, it doesn't matter how strong a seller's market. Summer Sundays, that's when we make the switch to the Monday, Tuesday, to, Wednesday yeah, open house. Yeah. I know. It traditionally has been much lower in attendance. Well, because and we I'm have a first, lot of parades in, the, in, in town in the correct. summer. I'm I, also, I totally get that. I'm also the first or, person to say to a seller or anyone that if someone really wants to see an apartment, they will make an appointment to see it. It doesn't matter the day or time, but... Okay. When you, on Sunday night, look at the weather forecast and every single day is rain like this week, 
I doubt many buyers want to leave their offices. Well, so. our own Jordan Shea canceled his broker open house today because Which the was weather. Very smart, very appreciative. And someone said to him last week, "You can predict the weather a week in advance." Yeah, that was well, crazy. Uh, Which is so surprising. Which is so surprising because Jordan's the only one here without with hair that doesn't, you know. Is, is not, it, is it not killed the by the humidity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got he a lot of product in. 15 minutes later the show. You think it was in the bathroom, did a little quick fix before All right, we, we, we have to go to break. We are live from Smash Studios here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York live from New York. We will be right back, so don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. So, we've determined that Open House has had some issues um, before the break because of parades and because of summer activity here in New York. The numbers are dismal. The numbers don't seem to be going in, in any direction but down. Let's hope that, you know, in the next coming weeks, things turn around just a bit. We do remain positive about our livelihoods here in this this, this city of ours. So on the heels of that, on the sales side, anything pedestrian apparently doesn't move. You have to stand out. You have to make your apartment stand out. What do I mean by pedestrian? Pedestrian is there's lack of excitement and there's like no inspiration when you walk into an apartment, Right like an empty apartment needs to be staged or a cluttered apartment needs to be decluttered, whatever. My question to all of you, because you're all listing agents as well as I am, how do you prepare an apartment to look exciting for when your buyers come out? Now, again, you know, we have to always make sure the price is right, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's a little high, or even if it is right, there's not a lot of quick movement these days, but we've got to make our places look compelling. Somebody said to me the other day, if it's not compelling, I think Sarah, I had lunch with Sarah yesterday. If something is not compelling, it isn't going to work. And I said, you know, that 100% makes sense. And oftentimes, if there is nothing to distinguish that apartment, you can't create private outdoor space, it's going to come down to price. 
You have to drop the price it's, to it's, lower it's, than the seller I, wants. And price is price is what's going to get them in the door to see whatever it is that's compelling in the I've first had, place. I've had that's a lot right. of uh, I've that's had right. a lot of luck with uh, virtual staging recently, and not just like renovation yeah. wise, but furniture wise, especially if if the uh, sellers can't afford it or on a tough budget. I think virtual staging does work because I I'm I'm a believer in like refreshing your marketing and photographs mm-hmm. and description every like couple months if it's you know taking that long. So that's that's where I found uh, some movement. You know what I find when I virtually stage an apartment because people then walk in and say, but the apartment is empty, even though they you, they don't read your text that say, <laughs> this apartment is virtually staged. <laughs> so what I do, because I've learned this lesson many years ago, I print out the pictures of every room and I leave it on the on the counter yeah, so they boards. can look. We do boards. boards. Yeah. Exactly. So you're walking into an empty Great apartment, idea. but go back to what you saw on the internet and here it is. Okay, wow, it looks Vince, good. you're so new school. Um, <laughs> I'll thank you, thank you. Millennial approved. I, I like think, it. Oh, that's a, that's a big one. I, I personally, here's the only thing for people out there. I do see a lot of virtual staging that looks very rendered. Well, like very terrible, like yeah. make yeah. sure like it doesn't look too rendered. The chairs are floating in the living yeah. room. <laughs> the <laughs> curtains don't have a rod. Things like that. But I actually so think I think experience wise when people come into apartments, yes, if it, staging is fantastic. But if you can't do that, I find that the most influential thing is actually paint colors. Yes. I think that people people are really turned off to absolutely. an apartment and can't see the space yes. when there are dark colors oh, or whatnot. Absolutely. I tell almost all my sellers who don't have, you know, a we don't have enough to work with already. I say just paint the whole place white. Don't yes. get creative, Always. just paint Always. it all white. Yeah. Always, no. no matter how beautiful the, the space is. I mean, I had something at 15 Rivington that it's a gorgeous loft, and they had every Love wall a different location. color. And yeah, and good. any any educated buyer can go in and see past it. But I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you got to paint it white. There. There's everyone's not got, a lot out there. Everyone's, exactly. Everyone's got the Instagram and Pinterest eye now. If it doesn't look That's like right. it's out yeah, of they architectural can, digest, they cannot see past they it. They can't picture it. Really but can. I would, but but for for making an apartment <clears> look appealing, you know, clear surfaces. It's it's about how you would stage it if if Nobody lived there. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's another one. Also, make sure the smell is good. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's one of my one. clients saw an apartment that she loved, and she was like, that's it smelled one. really burnt, like burnt food. And I was like, why does that matter? <laughs> but it it's sticks with people. No, it yeah, sticks it with people. No, but it I mean, does. It really does. So much of this business is psychological, whether it's price or perception or I showed something that the tenant in it left out her shrimp peels. Oh, no, those stinks. Oh, that's stanky. Yeah. And yeah. Stanky. I had two back to back showings. I'm like, you've got to be. No. Well, stanky. I was covering for one of my team members, but still. If Anna was selling yeah, her apartment, she'd leave her lizard out. Just well, scare you know. everyone. I would. But no, you know, they would love him. But the flip side of that Jordan though was- loves my lizard. Oh, that did no. not sound good. Oh, did not at all. <laughs> what is in the water this morning? <laughs> Let me rephrase. Jordan loves my gecko. Your gecko. There you go. Not mm-hmm. going so slimy, but I don't okay. know what's going on here today. <laughs> No, but wait a minute. On the flip side of that, I would burn candles sometimes in an apartment on a Sunday open house, and people would walk in and say, "What are you trying to hide?" Right. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So, or, or the cookie bake. So I mean, great American I, I cookie bake. I used to be the cookie lady, and now sadly no I don't have the time. And also sometimes in an empty open house, right. I would eat them all. <laughs> it was very detrimental to my waistline. That's why you well, do that, cookie you know, oil. It made a difference. People had told me sometimes, "Oh, it just smelled so inviting and felt like home." And I have had people come back yes. and say, "I didn't want that apartment, but I remember you and your delicious cookies." Toll house, well, roll, roll, yeah. well, you know, and they came back for you that. Know what but I, the cookie I, smell I, goes I, along with like it, having music on. It's like they, they, they're, they're so, what are you they're so way 
waiting for us to just be duplicitous on something. Correct. Well, you know, when I was selling the 505 building, we had a, a nice uh, two-bedroom apartment that was our sales office. I used to make my Sunday sauce in the model apartment every Sunday because I was there for four hours yeah, and I would make my sauce and, and I would right, be, I love your sauce. I would be stirring my sauce, sauce and people, people would be walking in saying, delicious. does somebody live here? I said, no. What if it's like time to show the terrace and you're like, I gotta, I have to go no, stir no, no, my no, sauce. No, 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 no. The wooden spoon had to be, you know, a certain thing. <laughs> Listen, I had a, a bunch of people helping me sell. So, but I used to de- absolutely make my Sunday gravy there. And I thought, okay, I mean, one And you have it. People would walk in and smell that. You should have a big bowl. You should have a big bowl of spaghetti and every time someone new walks in you just pour a little bit more <laughs> on it like oh you caught me right in the middle you're giving squatters <laughs> ideas now i once told this to steve and he's like you mean sauce at open house i said yeah and the developer says oh that's right. a great idea yeah, vince I Okay, I kind of love I mean, it, actually. I know, I do too. Yeah. It smelled wonderful. Are you kidding me? It's like coming into my home when I'm making gravy. Anyway, how should buyers interpret the number of days an apartment is on the market? We all know that the two things when they first walk in. How many days is it on the market? And they walk over to the window and say, oh, what's going on out there? Yeah. How should buyers today interpret what's going on? Well, they have to understand that it's just an overall slower market. It's Things aren't going to. It's, it's the new, new normal. normal. And they're, they're weighing everything against that. Well, something's been on for... 67 days, I must lowball it. 100 days. 100 days. I mean, that's really not that unusual. I think people are starting to get it. I don't know about you guys. I'm having to go through the fun exercise of re-signing sales exclusives after six months again, which had not had to have that particular pleasure for a few years. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, that's what's happening. All right. So on the flip side of that, who, when is the right time then to ask a seller for a price reduction? I mean, we're all doing that these days because the, now, the original price is not really working. After they re-sign the exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're at a six-month number, then it's kind of like, no, wow. three weeks. I agree with Tracy here. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. say three to four weeks. Exactly. Um, I mean, it, it all depends. It, forget about the open houses. If, if your phone's not ringing, there's a problem. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's it. The market indicates. But, yeah. but on the flip side of that, I will say, just to give a different perspective, I, I have had listings that have sat there for two to three months and without price reductions, which I hate, but we are now in contract and it just took Same. one buyer. I think yeah. we're back to that market of it takes one buyer. Yeah, it's not, it you know what I mean? There's yeah. a lid for every pot, as they say, and sometimes yes. it takes six months and sometimes it takes a lot. Look, I had an apartment on the but market last year for one whole year. Yeah, you yeah. Need to be really but I was going to say, but there is no the lid big enough for uh, your we sauce. We got close to the price. So that's what yeah. it is. It's the access. There's time and there's money. So you either are going to go to move more quickly, or it's the the longer it takes, maybe you might get more money. But yeah, if you want something and more you know, of course, you have to it, really know your products. You have to know really well that that you're priced right, and that it, it is going to take that unicorn buyer. I have a couple of things like that that I'm not ready to drop the price on. And, you know, people are looking, it's somewhat slow, but I really believe that it'll sell, you know, that price. And, and I actually had something that was sitting on the market, very little showings, very little activity, all of a sudden, two buyers and I got them over asked. I'm experiencing the same exact thing on multiple listings and it's just patience. Mm -hmm. I'm closing something tomorrow that we went over asking price, a very similar situation. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's it, a really hard it's market. Very to rare, exactly. As a, as a real All right, co-ops seem to be moving faster than condos. I mean, I think that's pretty the obvious. Cheaper. The cheaper, yeah. and you know, uh, the stigma I think with co-ops these days is not as bad as it used to be. Right. Oh, I'd rather have a condo. Oh, I want you know, uh, flexibility. I want to do this or that. People are looking at the condo market now, saying, "Whoa, I think that's gotten a little out of hand." Whether it's new mm-hmm. or not. And co-ops are, you know, and so sort some of co-ops I'm, I'm finding are actually getting a little bit more flexible with their 
uh, sublet policy. Yes. I don't know yeah. if you guys yeah. are saying that. Well, they almost have to. Yeah. They, they really which, have to. Which, it, it, changes the, it changes the game. Louise uh, t- tells us every time she's here, you know, how she works or tries to work with co-op boards and, yeah. and getting them to be a little more 2019, you know, out of the, the dark ages of the, the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Uh, when well, a lot of well, condos, yeah, just get more and more. A lifetime of work ahead of her. There's a lot of. It's like I'm in this building 50 years. Don't tell me what She'll to do. Doing it. Really? Okay, yeah. but you, but when somebody wants to give you four million dollars for your apartment, though, you'll take that, yeah. right? Not a problem. <laughs> How do we turn around this marketplace? I mean, a million dollar question today. So, is it you as a brand? Is it you and your marketing capabilities? Is it your sellers lowering prices? Is it all of the above? I mean, what do we do to turn around this market? Because, by the way, it needs to be turned around. Talk, talk I think it's it. all about honesty. I think that there's too much um, dishonesty between brokers in the business as well as press in the business. And I think that if there's more honesty, well, the it'll bring also. the market much more down to earth. Um, Transparency. Exactly. And, and I also think there's just some things that we can't avoid. So it's about being realistic and transparency. I, I think there's a lot of uh, political risk right now. I think, I think we're getting it from a lot of different angles. Uh, Governor Cuomo is signing in some silly laws and... Um, you know, the multifamily market. Silly. Isn't that their job? Silly is a nice word. <laughs> He's a jackass, but there's a lot of, how you really feel. Uh, yeah, no, I think there's, I think there's a lot of issues in the city right now that, you know, the, the transfer tax, which we mentioned at the top of the show. And then, uh, you know, some of these multifamily laws, uh, it's all going to hurt affordability and housing and there's going to be a, a shortage and it's not going to be good. I don't think the, people really thought these things through. It's more about votes than actual solutions. Unfortunately, it's it's trickling down to our real estate industry here in New York City. I couldn't agree with that more, Sean. And the, and the thing is, you know, just like a lot of stuff that's going on in the federal side of our government, you know, here locally, you know, it, it's more about votes. And, you know, politicians are looking more uh, to re-election than really governing and doing what's right for the city. I mean, the, you know, this, this rent regulation law that he signed into um, – uh, signed the bill this week. Unintended consequences. It's going to have. It's going to have many, many consequences. And again, you know, what is the thinking there? I, you know, who knows? There's multiple sides of that story, but it really is going Maybe to affect a, deal a lot worked of things. Maybe as a Florida, I mean, I can't figure it out. It's like who wants to, you know, motivate everyone to uh, to move. You know. Well, but that's guys. the point. If people are, are, are fleeing <laughs> the city <laughs> and, and going to other places, <laughs> there's got to be a reason for it. So we're going to talk about the mansion tax and the intense pressure on sellers and buyers. When we come back, this is Good Morning New York. We are live from Smash Studios here in New York City. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. 
We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back with my favorite block. It is segment number four, and we're here with Sean McPeak from Halstead, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman, Anna Shagalaw from Halstead, Matthew Cohen from Halstead, and Ray Lord from Douglas Elliman. Okay, so um, I said we were going to talk about the mansion tax. Now, this is interesting. A looming hike in the New York City mansion tax is putting intense pressure on buyers and sellers to strike deals on high-priced units before the new tax uh, rates take effect. And as Tracy said earlier today, Janu- uh, July 1st, it flips into the new uh, new rule. So if anybody needs to close and, and avoid the taxes, you got to do it before ju- uh, July 1st this year. New York State passed an increase in the so-called mansion tax on all homes above a million dollars. It used to be 1% on any amount over a million. Now it's not. It's a progressive tax, and it could rise up to 3.9% on homes that sell for $25 million or more. And as we talked about at the top of the show, um, the luxury, ultra-luxury sale seems to be kicking in. Uh, so can you imagine what um, uh, Jeff Bezos has to pay on an $80 million purchase? I mean, I can't even calculate that. That's incredible, uh, unless he closes before July 1st. The new tax rates take effect again July 1st. As the deadline nears, sellers are responding to the new rates by charging or changing, rather, their price strategies, reshaping the market in interesting ways. I mean, what kind of strategies do you suggest 
to your sellers when you're taking new listings. I mean, this is going to be, we always have to have educated conversations with our sellers. And sometimes it's more difficult than others because they want to hear or think what they want. However, this is something that's significant. And so if you're talking about a two or $3 million apartment or more, you're talking about a nice handsome amount of money yeah. at a closing table. So what, what kind of strategies are you reviewing with your sellers? Maybe a dumb question. Can you finance this? No. no. I was just no, going to no. say, the most important thing people have to realize is you can't lump this into the mortgage. It's cash on top of the deal. That's right. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's a closing cost. It's cash. Now, you can, um, I, I believe there's some tax you know, uh, credits you might be able to get you know, the following year when you, when you file your tax returns. But no, it's cash and you've got to pay that up front. And so, like I said, that's going to stop a lot of people who say, just like any other times, oh, I could afford $3 million. But then when somebody presents to them you know, X amount of dollars in mansion tax, cash at closing, that potentially changes the story. Well, so to your point, to your point, I think once you're over $2 million, um, this is, at least in my experience over the last two months with this, it only really comes up when we're really torn on price, when we're really, you know, separated on price, the client and I. Um, you know, if, we, if we're in more agreement on price, it's just an understanding thing that this is the new norm and this is out there and whoever's going to buy your apartment already knows about it. And they're, you know, they might not be happy about it, but we, I really don't feel like it's going to turn them away from buying altogether. So it's just something to be aware of. Again, transparency. It's something to be aware of when they make that initial offer. It's something to be aware of when we're negotiating. But if we are separated on price, I will say, please keep in some, you know, keep in mind the new tax laws, like the new tax changes. Well, I think the it's going to make our negotiating a lot more difficult these yeah. days when it can, post, when it comes down to it. For co-ops, post-close liquidity um, <clears throat> is pretty significantly affected. Because that, that eats into it. Yeah. The yeah. Purchase price. Absolutely. Do you guys feel, because I was thinking about this as I was reading the story here, do you guys think that, you know, part of the reason uh, the slowdown um, in the market or part of the reason that the open houses have not been greatly attended lately has anything to do with, with the new changes in the in the mansion tax rules? I mean, there's a lot of factors I mean, out there that affect. As well. Yeah. Not it. Well, that's already, I actually, but that's already a year it's just old. Just wave after wave of right, like, right. Bad news. I say not at all. I, 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 I say not at all. If that was the case, we wouldn't have such bad traffic at even open houses under a million. Like we're having people are having bad traffic yeah, think, for a low end apartment. I think people's attitude is what's next, and I think re, rising interest rates on the horizon potentially. Has <laughs> what's next is the E word, <laughs> <laughs> or, or the R word. Well, on well, who you talk but to. you know, not to get political, but R I'm thinking. I, I think sometimes. Oh no, well, bad R word. No R word. Yeah, I don't know about that. Dirty. But, You're but, so yeah. dirty, yeah. Tracy. So dirty. Stand up and show it up again. But I do think though that overall, and when they say the economy is great. And when they say that, you know, the jobs are great, you know, that that's a small minor. And I hate to say that the good economy is a small minor factor in the overall scheme of things. But because you know what? It really is. And I mean, it's great only for people that it's great for. There are still a lot of people out there who don't say the economy is great for them. And it isn't. What I mean by all of this is, you know, we all talked about it today. It's New York City has been affected by so many tax changes and tax law changes. All at once. All at once, yeah. that it's hurting our economy here in New York City from a res from a residential and also a commercial real estate situation. So I can't sit here and say that I don't think any of you can that we're happy with the tax changes because it's affecting our livelihood, you know, it's I, affecting it's just, our business. It is what it is. I mean, people still need to live, and I, I had eventually a they'll be back. Do you I think, hope so. Do you think, especially with the multifamily law, 
Do you think this benefits condo investors who are renting out their condo units, not having those regulations on them? And maybe... Well, yes, of course it does. That's why I said earlier, there's two sides to that story, big time, because it does benefit some people, but the others it does not. What about the landlords who own you know, a lot of these buildings all over New York City who cannot raise rents? Therefore, they can't renovate buildings, they can't update buildings, they can't mm-hmm. increase services to buildings because they can't. They don't have the money to. If you're rent stabilized or rent controlled, these landlords are screwed. Yeah, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of landlords are not going to be updating apartments. They have they haven't they been anyway, and not even the apartments, just the buildings themselves. You walk into a lot of these buildings, you know, that you see all over all over town, they're falling apart. Yeah, and and they can't they can't. Well, I have have a friend who's been negotiating with his landlord for like two years, and basically you can renovate your apartment and have and increases your monthly rent by one fiftieth of the renovation cost. So basically, they get their money back in four years. Right. Uh, And I guess that's that's the law that's been changed essentially. There's a lot of law changes lately, and there are going to be a lot more coming up. I'm sure. Hopefully, none of them, you know, that are going to be awful, you know, to our business. But you know, I I just kind of say, well, you know. Things have to change. I think right now is going to be a great time to boost your referral business to Texas and Florida. And the Hamptons. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great call. And well, also, I will say, <laughs> it's As Anna said, it is what it is. And maybe this doesn't help to remind people, but two years ago, it was on the table that anything $5 million and up was going to be subject to a 5% mansion yeah. tax. Yeah. Yeah. Contrast yeah. that with 2.25% yeah. now for 5 to $10 million. That's a savings. Look yeah. at that. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But Save it money. could have been so much worse, actually. <laughs> Look, it could have been and a lot worse. But, but, but glass half full. You just don't know what ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that one. Thank you. And I'm just not sure where it's going to end. Like, people don't mind paying taxes, I've learned, as long as they get something out of it or they see yeah. some sort of deal. I think you're right. right now, it's nothing but taxes. and You get nothing but nonsense from de Blasio, I feel like. You get 70,000 homeless people. Exactly. Homeless shelters in the middle of Billionaire's Row or on my street. Well, I'm sure he's not very happy about these new tax reform things because he wants to deregulate and put everything out there for, you know, what I... Oh, no, actually, he's probably on both sides of that coin. I'm not quite sure where he Polls, but who's uh, giving him more money? Exactly. So <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure what's happening with all that stuff, but that's I you know that we're so shy about our political views on the show. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I don't think anyone shy about the Blasio? He's got zero yeah. votes in all. Yeah. That. And we are we we are at but a he's time. He's so beloved here. Of course, he's going to make it on the world stage. We oh please. We he's actually on the debate stage. I don't even understand that. So anyway. We're out of time. No, no, rainbows, puppy dogs, unicorns. Politics makes me frazzled. Okay, we all know that. That's our broadcast for today. Thanks for joining us. Ellen DeGeneres says, "Sometimes you can't see yourself clearly until you can see yourself through the eyes of others." And Charles Darwin says, "It is not the strongest of the species that we that survive, nor the most intelligent, but the the one most responsive to change." That's a big one. Be kind to one another. For all of us at Voice America, all around the world, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye, Matthew. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.